I, they sing that song, and, and I, you know, I, was, I don't know if you know this or not. I was in the Navy, and uh, I kept thinking back. Just they, they just started talking about all the stuff from way, way back, and just as they're going through that song, and I just start my mind starts going back from the day. I mean, as early as I can remember, 12, 13 years old. On you start coming through there, my life is always flashing before my eyes. But there was so much stuff. Boy, I, I don't know about you, but I would love. I would just had loved to have been there with Peter that day when he stepped out of that boat and got on the water. And you know the Lord's already out there. I would just like to think that I would have jumped out of that boat with him. When the Lord told Peter to come, I'm figuring that's for all of us anyways. Let's just give it a shot. You know what's wrong with most people? You just won't give it a shot, man. I mean, it's, it's the craziest thing. You know what? Well, take your Bibles. Go to first, uh, for, first. <laughs> Titus. There's only one Titus anyways. But I'm telling you what, man. I, I just, I, we got to go. I got to go up on a mast. On a destroyer, USS Scott, man, forward mask, out in the middle of the ocean, ship rocket back and forth like this. I only knew two guys in the whole Navy while I was in there for 14 years that ever got to go up on a mast in the middle of the ocean, and that was me and another guy, and I got to go up and help him. They were just looking for some sucker to go up with this guy to help him. I said, hey, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, and they let me go up, and there was no danger of us. We could have dangled and flown all over the place, but we couldn't have fallen off the way they had us hooked in there. But I'm telling you what, I mean, it's a, it was an opportunity that you never get to do it again. And you know, sometimes in our lives, we get an opportunity to do stuff. You may never get an opportunity to do it ever again. And if you don't get the confidence in your heart that you, you know what the Lord wants for your life and, and you get into that place, all of a sudden, this week was a strange week for me. Titus. Titus. And uh, so y'all probably get the, the wrath of Mike today. No, you're not getting the wrath. I hope you won't get the wrath. But I'll tell you what, uh, it, it's just a great verse. Titus chapter 1 verse 4 says, To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. Boy, that's what they were singing about. That <laughs> says, For this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wet wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I has, appo as I has appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faith, uh, faithful children, not accused of riot, uh, riot, or not accused of riot, or unruly. For a bishop must be blameless as as the steward of God's, not self-willed, not soon angry, angry, uh, not given to wine, uh, nor striker, nor given to filthy lucre, uh, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faith, uh, faithful word as he had been taught, that he may. Uh, be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gaysayer for there are, are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers especially they of the circumcision whose mouths must be stopped who subvert whole houses teaching things they ought not uh, ought not for filthy lucre's sake one of them even a, a prophet of their own said uh, the Christians are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies this is a witness this, this witness is true <laughs> uh, wherefore rebuke them sharply uh, that they may be sound in faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables uh, and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their minds and consciences is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in, in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for letting us come out. Thank you for the singing that's already happened. Oh, Lord, there's going to be a baptism after this. You already know about that, and I just pray that you'd bless that. Uh, Father, again, just uh, bless the morning service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Lord, again, pray for Brother Thomas's church. Uh, Lord, that you would uh, help those uh, uh, men and women uh, heal up quickly. 
I'm not sure exactly how, how far the, the sicknesses went through their church or exactly what it is, uh, but Lord, thou knowest all things, and I just pray that you'd heal them up. Lord, give the doctors wisdom about uh, what they need to do, and I know Ms. Trudy's in the hospital uh, uh, on oxygen. Uh, Lord, I just pray for her also, Lord, that you'd get her home speedily. And Father, again, thank you for your many blessings today, and we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Timothy, uh, Paul is talking to Titus. The title of this message is looking for some Timothys and Tituses. Uh, Paul, Paul's got a couple young men here that uh, he's working with, Timothy one, Titus is the other. And he says to, to Titus, mine own son after the common faith. Brother, we have something that is unique in this world that most people don't have. And that's a trust in Jesus Christ. We, we get it, and then we realize, don't realize really what we have. And everything they sang about, uh, man, I'm telling you what, I, I don't want to sound more, but I can't wait to go to heaven. I cannot wait. Beth is looking at me saying, okay, Beth, here, I'll do it, I'll do it for just for you. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> My wife is always down there going, doing sign language. So I need to go learn sign language or something. Shorthand or something. Like bricks, brick will work good. Testing, one, two, is it working? Testing, testing, testing. Look at that, man. He did it. Testing. <laughs> uh, so Titus, Titus is sitting here, and, and Paul is using him uh, to do some stuff for him, and he's training him up, and Titus is learning some, some stuff. And he's telling Titus what he needs to do, and he goes, if, he, goes uh, he says, for this cause I left thee in Crete. He goes, first of all, verse 4, he says, to Titus, my own son, uh, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. You know, it's always a blessing to be around like-minded brethren uh, that, that you can talk to and deal with. Uh, there's so many people out there anymore, and I'm going to get into something here in a few minutes. The word I'm going to look at down here is gainsayers. Uh, there's so many people out there that, that when you get to where you're at in life, you have to have a final authority. you got to have it. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, without that final authority, there's no common ground for anything. Uh, you can believe what you want. Uh, I can believe what I want. And we can say back and forth, and there's no, there's no commonality there. I could never fix anything without a tech manual. As a matter of fact, I watch most techs never fix anything anyways. They, they would replace stuff till it started working. They never fixed it. They just haphazardly did whatever they had to do. Uh, took parts out of a good unit to put it in the bad unit to find out which part was bad, and then go get supply and get that bad unit and put it, replace it. And then they think they did something. But they didn't understand what they did. Brother, we can understand what we do. We, we can actually understand what we do. We have it right here. And there's no doubt in our minds that this is it. And if you let the Holy Spirit guide and direct your life, and that's what Paul did here. He's looking for a Timothy and a Titus. He's got a Titus and a Timothy. But he's looking for more. You know, today, we're 2,000 years from this. And I'm telling you, man, you know what I liked about Peter? Peter had guts, man. He would step out of that ship in a wave all, I bet you the waves like 25, 30 foot high. The Lord was probably going up and down on the waves just like this, woo, up and down. And he said, Peter, come on out here. You know what we need to do? We need to get to the place, and, and we can say, oh, well, Peter sank. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, he got out. He got out. But we need to get to the place where we just cruise. In my mind, in my mind, I know I'm not like that, but in my mind, I mean, I'm cruising up and down on them waves right to where the Lord's at, and I'm not going to sink. Why? Because he doesn't. You know, you got to get to the place where you trust him, just him and nothing else, and not what your mind says or thinks or anything else. And what this book says, I have come over the years to realize that without this book, I would be nowhere. I couldn't be anywhere because I wouldn't have the book. I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know exactly. I'm a, I'm a logical person. I have to have, logic is everything I've ever done. Uh, fixing stuff, you have to be logical about it. You can't just go in haphazardly do stuff. People's lives are in danger all the time, and you need to know what you're doing. And I, I said, i got to figure this thing out. I pick up a book, start reading it, scratch my head. Read some more, scratch my head. Reread what I read, scratch my head. Then, oh, that's what they're saying. I laid on the ground one time for four weeks working on a piece of gear that was really probably wasn't worth working on. 
But I didn't have nothing else to do anyways out in the middle of the ocean. They had eight of them. None of them worked. Well, they all worked different. <laughs> they shouldn't have none of them, They should have not worked different. They should all be the same. None of them were the same. So I sit down for about three or four weeks on the ground, a couple hours every night, in a tech manual, reading it. Well, I, I never went to school on that. I was just reading it. And it says this and this. And, said, Man. and finally I understood. I said, oh, that's what they're saying. And I could get through it. And after probably about two or three weeks in this one, uh, it did exactly what the book said it should do. And I got my other techs and brought them in. I was the senior tech. I said, now, you see this one right here? This is what they should look like. You guys make the other ones look like this, or else you ain't leaving the ship. You know what they did? They soon learned how to fix those things. And they all started working. You say, what is it? I had a book. And without that book and without study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, without that book, you can't get it. You cannot understand it. You can, and that's why everybody's doing whatever they're doing all over the place. I was talking to that brother the other day. I think he's saved. Uh, but he was sitting there telling me, oh, I'm this, I'm this. I'm, I was like, no, you can't be. Not without that book. You can't be. It's impossible. Uh, you cannot have the assurance in your heart that Jesus Christ is going to do what he said for you. I am so tired of listening. To, I, I was born and raised Roman Catholic. I am tired of talking to Catholics, but I still talk to them all the time. I went to the Lord all the time. But when I sit down and talk to them, they say the same thing. Well, I, I hope. Uh, I, I, if I can go to purgatory, I'm, why would you want to go to purgatory? That makes no sense to me. Never made no sense even when I was Catholic. Why, if I have an option to go to heaven instead of hell, would I want to go to purgatory? They, but in their minds, they're trained. I mean, they're actually trained if you get to a good Catholic. You'll talk to them and they say, well, I'm hoping I'll go to purgatory for exactly how long? Like a billion years, million years, 10,000 years, 100,000 years. How long are you going to be in purgatory? What happens if you're the last one that goes in purgatory? Who's going to pray you out? I said, you, you, there's complications here with that thing. And I got the opportunity to go right into heaven with Jesus Christ. And I'm like, I'm going to take that one. I'm going to take door number one. Door number one seems like a good, you know what? You know, after a while, your faith starts getting built up. That brother I was talking to you the other day, he goes, it's all about grace. It is not about grace. It's about faith. Without faith, grace, it says, for a grace are you saved through faith. Faith, 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 faith. You got to have faith in that grace. You don't get it all day one. I didn't get it all day one the day I got saved on that back porch. I'm 42 years into this thing. And I'm sitting here now thinking, God, you can do anything. I believe he can actually do anything. You know what Titus is going to do here? He's going to start talking. He says, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, for this cause I left you in Crete. Titus was at a place where he could be trusted to put into a place where he could help a church grow and help a, a group of men to get started and, and train and direct them the way it was. For, for I left you in Crete that thou should set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. If, I'm, if any be blameless. Now, none of us are blameless. I'll grant you that. I got that. None of us are blameless. There's no possible way. But boy, you should be striving to be that. You should look. I told that guy, goes, we saw about bishops. I said, bishops aren't supposed to drink any wine. He goes, I guess you're one of these people who don't believe in drinking at all. Yeah, you got it, man. I used to be a drunk. I know exactly what drinking is. I can drink with the best of them. I never was an alcoholic, but I know what drinking is. I was a sailor, man. I watched it. I know exactly what drinking is. My dad was a drunk. Don't tell me what drinking is. I know what drinking is. I can choose between drinking and not drinking, and I know what's on both sides of that thing. Most people don't. They say, oh, well, you're just, well, just a little wine, you know, just a glass of wine. From I, took, I went to a school one time. I couldn't believe it. They showed me a shot of whiskey and a glass of wine and a, a can of beer. And these psychiatrists, doctors, and, and all these people who sitting there, they said, which one has more alcohol in it? And I could have swore up and down it was going to be the shot of whiskey. So that's exactly what I said. And he goes, nope, they all have the exact same alcohol content in it. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Well, the reason I was there in that class is because I went to 
Napa Valley when I was out in California, and I went to, now this was a long time ago, I wasn't even in church yet, I just got saved, I'd only been saved for a couple years, and, and I was in the Navy, just starting through everything, going through schools, and, and I'm, I'm up there, and, and I don't even, I was still, I was like a Catholic, or no, a, a Captist, or a Batholic, I don't know what I was, uh, I was something in the, in the mix there being made, I was still cooking, I wasn't sure what I was, but I went to Napa Valley, and I started drinking wine up there, wine tasting tours and all that stuff. And uh, I thought it's like grape juice, right? It's like I'm, I'm used to drinking whiskey. Not, I didn't even like beer. I mean whiskey, just whiskey. Uh, I mean bourbon. And, and so I'm drinking wine. I'm thinking it's just, it's just it's Kool-Aid, man. It's Kool-Aid. And I started getting a little tipsy. And I, I drove home. And I knew exactly. I wasn't drunk, drunk. And they could never get me on the breathalyzer. But boy, they still locked me up. The Lord did that on purpose. Uh, but you know what? When I went to that class, he told me that. I said, man, I never knew that. I said, that's really strange. I quit drinking right there. Right on the spot, man. I said, you can't have none of it. None of it. A bishop. For a bishop must be blameless. Why? Because people are watching you. You got to try the best you can. Oh, man, if you get around me long enough, you're going to find holes in my armor. Sure you are. But you got to try. I told that guy the other day, I said, look, I said, I said, I said, you show me where I'm wrong in this book and I'll change. Will you? And he was sitting there trying to justify. Well, Jesus made wine into water, turned water into wine. I said, but he never said he drank it. I said, I'll go with you and I'll say that, let's just say that it was hooch. Let's say it was actually fermented alcohol. He still never touched it. I said, don't tell me you've seen him drink wine. He never drank it. On the cross, they went to handy vinegar and he didn't drink it. You say, what was that? He wouldn't drink the stuff. If he wouldn't drink it, I shouldn't either. There's other reasons why too. Blameless, the husband of one wife. I got one wife. I can't believe it, man. I, I still can't believe she married me. When I met her, uh, it, it, I knew it was the Lord. I knew it was the Lord. She told me, she said she had a couple names she really did like, and one of them was Michael. That's my name. And she wanted to marry a sailor, and that was a sailor. I mean, I can't beat it. She said the other name she really liked was James. James Michael. <laughs> I don't know if that was true. <laughs> I just thought I'd add that one in. But I, I'm sitting there going, Lord, how in the world would a sailor get from Norfolk, Virginia, all the way up here to Dayton, Ohio, and meet a girl in a man's house that, that is a good Christian man. And, and I'm sitting there meeting her. And the next thing you know, six months later, me and her are married. And, and she, she's willing to just get up and leave with me. And, and we go around the world having a blast. And the Lord puts me in the Bible college. The next thing you know, you're in Dayton, Ohio. And, and 30 years, 32 years have passed. They're just gone. I mean, it's like yesterday. I still remember her standing in Mike Hornstein's house. I can still see her standing up at the door when she come in the door, just standing there. It's like a lineup. Mike, Mike Hornstein was a Marine. I mean, he was a staunch Marine. And, and, and these two girls came in, and he had them standing up against the wall. like that. It looked like they was at a police thing where they had them line up. And, and I just wondered he didn't make them do this and make them do this and make them do this. But uh, they were all sitting, me and, me and the other guys were all sitting over here uh, on the thing. And I'm looking at the, the two young ladies, and I'm like, I hope it's that one. And it was her. And she's looking at the guy. She goes, I hope it's not the mother two, it's him. I mean, I was like the last of the list, but it's better than the other two. <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, it's better than nothing. <laughs> it was good. But he said here, Titus, he said, make sure the bishop is blameless, a steward of God, not self-willed. That's one of the hardest things you get people to do. Don't be self-willed. Not soon angry. I was up there talking to that Marine the other day, and this lady came out of the house across the street, and I mentioned it during Sunday school, but she came out and she was crying. She thought I was going to beat the guy up. And she thought, I mean, we were sitting there going back and forth and we got it. I mean, I started preaching just like I do here. I was doing right there. I'm the same here as anywhere. And uh, I said, no, 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 we're just preaching to each other. Everything's, oh, I thought y'all were killing each other over here. I said, no, we're not killing each other. Uh, we're just, we're just, the guy was a Baptist and became a Catholic. 
Now, I don't know about you, but that is the craziest thing. When I was in Norfolk, Virginia, I, my barber was an ex-Baptist and he turned Catholic. We used, and then I'm an ex-Catholic and I turned Baptist. You talk about some of the strangest conversations that ever went. I, I'm like, man, I'm like, why did you become Baptist or Catholic? He goes, oh, man. He goes, I could go out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, get drunk as a skunk. I can come in, party, do whatever I want to do, go to confession on Saturday. go to, And he's absolutely right. That's true. And go to confession on Sunday, get it all taken care of, and I'd be good to go for another week. I said, but what happens if you mess up on Monday and you die? He goes, oh, yeah, well, you know, we got to hope you get through the next weekend. <laughs> I said, man, I, I mean, I became, I went from Catholic to Baptist, and I don't ever have to hope for nothing anymore. I got it, man. I said, so I don't know if he ever had it, really. I just think he just he was just looking for religion. And religion is not the best thing in the whole wide world. I said, it's not, it's not soon angry. Not given to wine, nor striker, nor given to filthy lucre. I like money like the next guy, but I don't really need it. You can keep it. I don't, it causes me nothing but trouble. But a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men. I like to be around good preachers. I like to be around, and, and you may not think that like, I, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. I just, I can, if, if somebody doesn't, uh, a friend of mine calls me from time to time, and are you still alive? I'm like, oh yeah, man. As soon as he calls, I mean, the phone will be, go off, and I'll look at that. And I'm, now, I love everybody. I love you all. But if I see his name, I'm going to go click just like that. Because if I don't, I'm going to get in trouble. I already know what's going to happen. So I have been trained. That you answer that phone just like that. This guy is, uh, he, I mean, he's just out there. So I answer his phone and he goes, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. And I am. And it's just like old times. It's just in my mind, I get busy and in stuff and my mind goes down, focuses on something and, and I've, I'm lost in it. Uh, that's why I was a good tech. I mean, I could just focus down into stuff and my mind would be there and, and the whole ship could get all blown up all over the pieces. I wouldn't know it. I'm still looking at this thing right here. Trying, well, why don't I have power anymore? Well, the back end of the ship is gone. Oh, yeah, maybe that's why. <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, it's gone, man. Where's my power? And you trace it back and the whole back's gone. You, you sit there and say, what is that? Just a focus, man. I just, my mind just does that. I know exactly how I work. But he says, holding fast the faithful word as he had been taught. I thank God that he directed me that first four years. I was never in a church. The Lord never let me get in a church. I told that man up there. I said, I never got into a church. So I knew that this book was the word of God. I didn't have a Bible education at the time. I didn't have any Greek, Hebrew. I got all that stuff down. I didn't have none of that stuff. I did not even enter a church while I was in different churches. Church of God, Church of Christ, Assembly of Gods. I was in uh, Pentecostals. I was in Dr. Jack Howell's Church, Big Baptist Church up in Hammond, Indiana. That first four years, I was in all kinds of different churches, just checking them out, seeing what they were. I didn't understand. Being a Catholic, I didn't understand any of that. I'm like, what is this thing, man, they call church? We go to our churches, and they're built to echo, man. They just echo. And that's all. And I was an altar boy, too. And, and you go in there and you say your Hail Marys and our fathers and all that. And Jesus Christ is always dead. There's a statue right over here. Mary's holding this little baby in her arm. And over here in the center is a cross up here. And, and you see this body on it's dead all the time. And I, that's exactly where he's either dead or a baby, one or the other. I, that's all I've ever seen. Now all these churches, they're talking about a living, risen Savior. I'm like, what, what is that? And after four years, man, he, God, you know why he locked me up in that jail cell in California? To show me which Bible's word of God. Because when I left that jail cell, me and him had a talk. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. I'm telling you, me and him were sitting there for four hours. We were talking. And he was telling me I'm in trouble. 
And if I want to keep going the way I'm going, I'm, he's going to let me go and go. He said, is this? He goes, you remember I got, four years you hadn't been in trouble. I said, yeah. Everything, four years has been great, man. Now all of a sudden I'm in trouble again. This is what I do. And he goes, do what I tell you to do. And I said, okay, show me. And I leave that jail cell and I go to my little class and I get in my car and I drive back to Norfolk, Virginia from San Francisco and I walk up on that ship and the first guy I met to meet is a guy named Fritz Bietersat. And that guy puts me back in the King James Bible. I never argued with him. I just knew the one I had wasn't working. Give me something that works, man. He gave me something and started talking to me again. I said, what is this thing? And when he showed me that, I couldn't believe it. I drove 24 hours just to see what that little white Bible was I got saved out of. I said, I got to go find out what that thing was because it talked too. This one talks and that one talks, but this other one never said a word. I mean, I read the words, but they really meant nothing to me. Boy, these, these over here is almost like something is coming off of those pages that I've never seen before in my life. And it's talking to something inside me that was I never knew was there to start with. But when I got saved, he came inside and it started. And he said, you ain't going to get involved in a church until you get that book down. Why? Because they'll mess you up. You say, well, you're messed up now. Well, some people say that. I told that guy yesterday or Friday. I said, look, I said, sir, I said, I'm going to do this best I can. I said, I am here and you are here. And I said, you don't know some things, and you think you know some things, but you don't know some things. And God has sent me in some places where he has taught me some things, and I'm no better than anybody else. I just listened to him, and he sent me some place, and he said, that's why Peter could walk on that water that day. Because he got to the place where he believed God. Well, then he let the boisterous waves and everything come in, and, and he kind of dropped down. But as, as time went on, all of a sudden he realized that, hey, this is Jesus Christ. Silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I give to these. Rise up and walk, and the guy gets up. Have you ever tried that? I'm afraid to try because I know it ain't going to work. I get to heaven, Lord says, you stupid idiot. You could have actually done that. I'm like, well, I didn't think so. They, they kept telling me it's the wrong dispensation. So I believed him. But I'm telling you, brother, I just believe the Lord can do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I think he'll do it right out of this book. Now, this book is the craziest thing in the world. Titus. He goes on and he goes, uh, he goes, holding fast the faith, faithful word, as he had been taught. The first church I got into, the, uh, Fritz got me back in my Bible. And I didn't even know it. I thought they all it was Bible, said Holy Bible in the back. I just thought it was, and it wasn't. It wasn't. I, after three years of Greek year Hebrew and sitting under men and watching the King James Bible and looking at other Bibles and laying them all aside, uh, we had a class down there where we took almost 200 Bibles in the classroom. Uh, how many Bibles did they have down there? Doc brought all those Bibles in. I mean, we had over 200 students, and everybody had just about a different version. And I mean, it was just, and we were all comparing them, and it's just amazing when you get a room full of people, uh, and one has a King James, and you have everything else out there, and you start reading those verses, and you see what has changed all the way through there. Pretty soon, you're like, man, if I'm going to have a book, uh, if I'm going to try to even believe one, this one's the one, because this one seems to have everything in it that's complete. And the words in here, the blood of Jesus Christ is all through this book. And the other ones take it all out. And I'm like, I already knew it was the word of God. He asked us to stand up in class one night. And he said, if you believe the King James Bible was the word of God before you even heard of me or this school, raise your hand. I stood up. I said, I did. I said, 1984, man, I knew the King James Bible was the word of God. I didn't even know you guys existed. I didn't even know what a Baptist was. My uncle's a Southern Baptist, but I didn't know what it was. I was not even, I mean, I've been in and out of them, but I didn't know what it was. In 1984, I got to Baptist church. 
He said, how'd you know the word of God? God. I asked God and he showed me. He said, I'm going to take, he said, you're a dumb hillbilly from Kentucky. It's going to take four years to show you. Most people I can do in 15, 20 minutes. You, on the other hand, is going to take a while. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I'm 64 years old. That's been 40, 80, yeah, it's been 42, going on 42 years ago. And I still believe King James Bible's word of God. And, and you can take my, my theology doctorate away, my, my uh, bachelor's degree in theology. You throw it away, I don't care. I still believe the Bible's word of God. When I got a problem, I'm going to go to this book. If somebody come to me and show me in this book where I got a problem, show me. You say, you're a lousy preacher. I got that. I've been trying. I'm not like some people. I just can't think like they think. I wish I could. You say, is he ever going to get done? Yeah, sometime. I can cut it off at any time. But he goes, holding fast that faith, the faithful word as, as, as he has been taught. I thank God that he run me through those places. The first church I went into was an independent, fundamental, King James Bible-believing Baptist church. He believed the Bible's word of God. He started teaching some crazy stuff. And I'm like, man, but it wasn't crazy. It was, it was logical. When I started looking at it, I didn't know understand dispensation. I had people say, oh, you believe in dispensation. Have you ever studied it? Have you got any logic at all in your mindset to where you can study it and think about it? I, I have. I, I could fix anything on a ship pointing in the flat end. Helicopters, the whole thing. I understood the electronics. When I come to God, I'm looking at logic. And it's logic. When, I, when you rightly divide that book and start laying it out, I'm like, whoa, man. Now that makes sense. That goes here. That goes here. That goes here. That and that and that and that is for that. And this is that. That's this. And, and Ezekiel, everybody says, oh, I hate Ezekiel. I don't know. I love Ezekiel. Ezekiel's about the craziest book you ever read in your life. I mean, who in the world would lay on their side for as long as he laid on his side? God's never, I'm, boy, I'm sure glad he's never asked me to do that. Lay on your side. First of all, get enough food to last you while you're on your side. And I guess you got to crawl over this way. I mean, how in the world are you going to put enough food around you? You ever thought about the logistics of that? Uh, you're going to lay on your side in this plot for, for a year. And you're going to lay enough food out that you can cook it for a year. And you've got to get it close to, so you got to scoot across the room, I guess, on your side. And then you're going to turn over on this side. And I'm like, Lord, what a crazy thing. You know what he did all that for? Because he's God. <laughs> and Ezekiel loved him, and he did what he wanted to do. You know what God was looking for? Some men that would lay on their side for a year. He had to ask me to do that. You know what he's asked me to do is just be faithful. He goes, and convince, he goes, uh, that he may be able by sound doctrine. You know the only way you can get sound doctrine is dispensations? You can't do it any other way. How do you know what applies to what? But the moment you get dispensations down, doctrine falls into place. And then you understand what to do with it. And then he goes right here that you, that, and to convince the gainsayers. You know what a gainsayer is? A gainsayer is someone who refuses to accept something as the truth. I, I'll tell you what, I'm not, I'm not a gainsayer. I, I like truth. Truth is truth. Whether I like it or not is irrelevant. It's truth. And if truth is what it is, and that is fact. I don't see why anybody, here's my mind. I don't see why anybody just doesn't get saved. It makes no sense. You got two options, heaven or hell. Well, I don't believe in God. I don't care what you believe. You got two options, heaven or hell. You don't know that. You don't either. And you're going to die. And I'm telling you, there's two options, heaven or hell. What if there is? To me, the logical thing to do is to take the better deal <laughs> and just say, okay, you know what I did? I sat there in 1980, and I threw everything out. I said, okay. I said, I'm back. I said, hey, you up there in the sky, God. You, you up there. I didn't know if he's hearing me or not. 
Uh, my neighbors probably thought I was crazy. It's probably good and great call the, the, the squad to come out there and put me in a straitjacket and take me to the hospital. But I, was, I mean, I was talking to Scott just like I'm talking right now. I was, hey, hey, you up there. I believe you're up there. You better show me what to do. I said, I don't know what to do. I said, and all of a sudden, that book, little book starts lighting up. And it keeps lighting up. And I start seeing things. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I believe that. 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 And one night I got up and got out there and trusted him somehow. I don't know how. I don't even know what I said, but I know that that night I got saved. And then my whole life just started changing. I'm sitting there going, that's truth. I asked for it. He gave it. You know what he did? He looked at it. He said, that kid is sincere. <laughs> he's stupid, but he's sincere. He says, let's give him a little bit and see what he does with it. Let's give him a little more and see what he does with it. And I sucked in everything he took. You know, I like babies. Babies are the coolest thing in the world. They get hungry. They start whining. Ah! You stick that bottle in their mouth, they shut up. You know what I was? I was a little baby down there. Ah! You know what he did? He stuck the bottle in my mouth and shut up a King James 1611 bottle. And it worked for perfectly fine. A gainsayer is someone, you know what he says right here? Convince the gainsayers. You're supposed to be able to convince him. You know why he's looking for Timothy's and Titus? And I'll, I'll give you the whole crust of everything here in just a couple seconds. Is he's looking for some men and women who will go out and be bold enough in their belief of what they have. And the only way you can do that is you've got to get a Bible in here. It's this stuff where we got, we were out there and we, I'm, I'm telling you, we could pass the gospel out all day long. This world needs more than that. They need some people that will stand up and say, Jesus Christ is the Lord Jesus Christ, not he's Lord of my life. No, he's the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what you just said when you said the Lord Jesus Christ? You just called him everything, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You got it right there, man, the whole thing. You can't say Lord God, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Holy Ghost. They're all three when you say Lord. You just gave him the, the deity that he deserves. He's, he's the Son of God. He's God manifest in flesh. You know what they need? They need people who stand up. That, that Marine, that guy the other day was a Marine. And we started talking. And by, the, by a couple of minutes, uh, I, I don't know, if, I don't forget how long I was out there talking to him, but uh, he, he shut down. He shut his mouth. Because I, I said, he was going to everything out there, all the religions out there. This one's out and that. I said, look, look. I said, guy, I said, I go by this. I said, I'm a Baptist, but I go by this. And I said, you show me in here where I'm wrong, I'll change. Will you? You show me in here where I'm wrong. This is what I go by. I don't go by what you think or I think or anybody else thinks. I go by this. You show me where I'm wrong, I'll change. He just started. You know, when he left, he goes, he goes, thanks for talking to me. He says, I'd like to talk again. I said, anytime, man. I didn't thought I'd run it. I didn't really run him off. The little lady across the street thought I was going to kill each other, man. So one of the police didn't come up. Whose mouths must be stopped. For they, verse 10, for they are unruly. So everyone will not always, here you go, I'm going to go through this quick. Everyone will not always agree with what the Bible says. You've got to get that in your head. You've got to understand that. They will not agree with it. I, I've been doing this for 42 years, and you would, I would think, you know, I mean, I, when I went in the Navy, I thought that the, my job was to make that everything on that ship work, and that for God and country that I'm going to go, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not joking one bit. When I went out there, I thought, when I was at that satellite station, I worked around the clock. They ran me out. I was one of the only persons they ran out of the satellite station. I would work 12 hours and stay there another eight hours after my 12-hour shift was over just so I could work on stuff. And there was so much stuff broke. I mean, there was stuff to work on all the time. And that, that place was just running through my mind just constantly. I couldn't get it out. And I was out there working, working. Because I thought, hey, man, I need this satellite station working because it's the biggest satellite station in the world. And everything through here goes out to all those ships and submarines and bases out there everywhere. And if something happens here, they're going to lose what they got to say has got to run. 
Because God and country, my country, I got to take care of it. I'm not a Navy SEAL. I never was a Navy SEAL. I couldn't be a Navy SEAL. I can't do what they did. But boy, I can fix stuff. And I said, I can. I had a Navy SEAL shake my hand one time. Tell me, he, he said, Mike, he said, I'll go to war with you any day in the week. Now, I'll tell you what, you may, not, you may not think a whole lot about that. But that, that right there is, uh, it, that was impressive to me that he did that. And I, I couldn't understand why. I said, why? I said, man, you guys look at people and they just drop dead. I said, they just fall over. Ah! <laughs> you go, and, and you don't have a gun, they fall down. I said, how? You know, he goes, no, no, no. He goes, man, he goes, you know, when we go out there off the ship and y'all drop us off, he said, if I know you're on that ship, he said, I know that everything on that ship's going to work. And if we need backup, your radios and everything going to work and we'll have our backup. He says, I know. He said, and you are, when I left that ship, he, he walked me off the ship, shook my hand. He said, Mike, he said, you came on this ship as a Christian and you left as a Christian. And there wasn't nobody on this ship who could ever change that. I was hurting when I left that ship. That guy walked up. It's like the Lord took the, the meanest person on that ship with a big old hand and, I mean, just crushed you in a heartbeat and walked down there and said, look, I'm on your side. And I'm thinking, man, Lord, I said, you, I said you, you know what you got? It's like David with his Uriah Hittite and all these other guys, man, mighty men, Moabs and all that, going out there killing everybody. You say, well, we shouldn't do that as Christians. No, we shouldn't. But I tell you what, we should have the guts in our heart to want to do something for God. You know, you write a divide, you know what you find out? We don't do that stuff anymore. But boy, we go out and help them. The church is not here so you can get along with your brothers and sisters. That's really not what we're here for. We should. Everyone in this room should get along with each other. We should love each other. It is here to teach you to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you know, if you got a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you had a relationship with Jesus Christ and you better get one, and you had one, and you two are sisters, that's where your problem's at. No, these, these sweet girls, all these girls. But if you have one, you have one, you have one, you have one, you want, you know what y'all do? Y'all get along. I remember when we first started this church. Y'all see these little girls up here now. I see little, they're young ladies. They fall like cats and dogs. I'm serious, man. Oh, yeah, there's Robin back here. Uh, the street up there, they all, live, they all lived on the same street. They fall like cats. I went up there one day and sit on that street. And I'm like... What is going wrong with this these group of people up here, man? They're all fighting all over the place. And and it's just it's just girls, man. And then the girls we get the guys involved, and then the guy, and these are all little kids, you know, on the street. They're just they're playing war, but they're serious about it. And now, 15 years later, you see what you've seen today. They all get up here and sing in harmony and play pianos and do all of this stuff. And and you say, what is that? That's God. You know what it is? If you have God, but that's not what the church is about. The church isn't about so we can all get That is an outcome of it. But boy, you get everybody to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you know what? That'll change their hearts. That'll change their minds. You will never, you will never get along with everyone. Might as well hang that up. It just ain't going to happen. You know what you got to do? You got to find a Bible. In a Bible-believing church, you're not going to get along with everybody. But what you got to do is pick up his book and say, hey, man, I like, I like a couple of verses. I got a couple of great verses that, that to me are great. They're, they're life-changing verses for me. Come out from among them, be separate, say the Lord, and touch not the young. You know what he just told me? Don't hang around them. He said, I saved you or I got you out of that mess. Get out of it. Don't go back. Believe me, if I got you out, I can get them out. Get out of it. You know what I had to learn for a long time? I'd go back in trying to help people, and you just can't. They'll drag you right back down. Here's another one. I, a great one. He gave me this one out on the ship all by myself out there. All by myself. I didn't have Bible education. After the first or second admonition, reject him as a heretic. That's, that's my life verse. <laughs> I 
I, I reject people all the time. Why? Because I have no influence in their life. If after two times I can't help them, then I've got to wait for the Holy Spirit to move in their lives to do something that I can see that I can interject back in. For me to continually to interject, I was just talking to a brother earlier this morning. He's about wore out. You say, why? Because he's trying to do something that he can't do. You know, sometimes we try to do stuff we cannot do. You cannot do it. What you need to do is you need to sit back and say, okay, what? I say I can fix anything on the ship. That's if the captain gave me the privilege to fix anything on the ship. And that's if the XO trusted me enough to allow me to work on the stuff on the ship. And the OPSO and the captain and the XO gave me permission to go and do what I did and the freedom I had. And lieutenant, the lieutenant of the EMO gave me the permission along with the OPSO and the EMO and the captain and the XO. And my chief trusted me and given me the purse strings. If it wasn't for them, I would have not been able to do anything. You don't do anything by yourself. You never do nothing by yourself. Those guys made sure I always had enough medals on my shirt so every time I took a test, I passed it and had enough points so I was going to make great every single time. That was them that did that. They didn't have to do that for me. They did it because they seen something. They said, hey, we're going to help this kid. They made me what I was, but the Lord Jesus Christ directed their paths. Not once, one time, one time, but in the, the 10 years I was out there in the fleet, not once did they ever ask me to go against Jesus Christ. I'd preach at everybody, I'd fix everything that's broke. I'd preach at everybody that moved. I'd preach at rats, man. Ship rats, everything, man. If it moved, I preached at it. Why? Because I just want to know about Jesus. I just thought everybody needed Jesus. I thought that everybody would just go to Jesus Christ like they should. They'd hear the gospel, they'd see it, they'd realize their need, and they'd take it. And I found out that's not true. What he did for me was because I wanted something. And if somebody doesn't want it, they won't get it, no matter what you do. And I was beating my head against the wall out there one day, and the Lord said, Mike. I said, yes, sir. He said, after the verse of the second time, I said, I gave you the verse. I gave you the verse. Now, if you don't want to use the verse, then that's your problem. Go beat your head against the wall. But I'm telling you, if I'm not working with them, then ain't nothing going to happen anyways. You know, so many times we get people in the church and we try to pull them in and we try to get them in and say, just do this, do this, do this, and they try that. But it doesn't do them any good and it doesn't do you any good. You know what you need to do is just wait. Wait till they cook, man. I mean, wait till they cook really good. And then God gets a hold of their heart and you watch them change. Oh, man. Have you ever seen somebody really change? I remember seeing a brother change one night. I heard a rat go, shh, the, the thing. It's Mike! And he's reading one of those little chick tracks. He goes, guess what I just did? I said, what? He goes, I just got saved. You know what I mean? That guy don't see eye to eye today at all. He's still a Baptist. I'm a Baptist. He still does his thing. I do my thing. And, but I know, I know he got saved. You say, what was it? I don't know. It's the Lord. You know, I never tried to make that guy get saved. I never tried to make anybody else. After the Lord gave me that verse, I did exactly what I was supposed to do on that ship. It was my job. And a testimony for Jesus Christ. And I just watched him start getting saved. You say, what was that? That was God. That was the Holy Spirit. You have, to, you have to get to the place. You have to convince the gainsayers. We don't have to go out there and be mean to them. Uh, well, sometimes you have to. You got to shut their mouths. Whose mouths must be stopped. You know, you know why Paul was looking for some Timothys and Tituses? Because they would be the ones who would look at the book and study it. Study show that self-proof. The average churchgoer will never study this thing like they should. But he's looking for some Timothys and Tituses who will read this thing and, and study it just a little bit so that when you get into a place and a guy walks up, I never intended to get in that conversation with that guy. I was ever working on Brother uh, uh, John's house, and, and this guy walks up, and he says, is John here? I'm like, no, he's not here. Me and Mike was inside putting a four down. 
Uh, that's when he actually was getting me to work. Uh, but he, he walks in, and he's a real nice guy. I take him on tour of the show, him all the stuff. He goes, man, this is looking really good. And as he was leaving, we sit there and started talking. And the next thing you know, the conversation started, and, and I don't know how long it was. How long do you think it was? Half hour? 45 minutes. Oh, you were keeping time? Oh, man, you going to charge me? You going to take that off my pay? But anyways, 45 minutes, man. I didn't know it was that long. I didn't know I could say talk for 45 minutes. But... <laughs> But I'm telling you, it just, it started and it kept going. And, and as I started seeing him talking about what he was saying and coming from a Baptist to Catholic, I couldn't deal with it, man. I just couldn't deal with it. I said, I can't deal with it. You're an idiot. How could you do that, man? I said, all these people, and I knew where he's coming from. We are to warn them. In any case, their mouths must be stopped. You know what? That guy, when he left, he had his mouth shut. You say, why? Because he was wrong. And if he goes out and tries to teach somebody else what he's teaching, he's going to teach him wrong. He needs to walk away there. And I'm just praying to God that the Holy Spirit get a hold of his heart. And he says, man, the Bible is wrong. He, he said, well, I believe in King James Bible. I said, no, you don't. I said, how in the world could you believe that and go into a church that teaches this? And when I told him about Timothy over there, bishops can't be given to anyone. I said, you go and look at a good bishop, see if he don't drink his little hooch when he does mass. And he goes, oh, I never thought about that. I said, yeah, brother, your Bible is sitting right in front of you, and it tells you things all the way down through there. You want to pick the perfect church? Don't even try. Get a book and read it and say, Lord, what, what would you have to do? That's what I did. I just started looking at this thing, and I started filtering through the churches. I'm like, well, they did this. I mean, bad wrong, bad wrong. It isn't that we aren't, aren't a mess. I mean, we're, for all of sin to come short of glory of God, I got that. But some are like exceedingly beyond that, and they do stuff that makes no sense. Faith healing. I do not understand faith healing at all. Uh, I mean, something's going on there. Something's going on. I watch people go up and get hit in the head, fall on the ground. Uh, but nothing happens when they get up. <laughs> they still have the same problem when they got up when they went down. I'm still curious why they got that little thing in their ear. Why do you need that little thing in your ear? It's almost like, you know, they say that somebody in the back is telling them, oh, so-and-so just came in the church in a wheelchair. Uh, you don't even know. I don't know. I don't know if it's, it can be trusted. But I see the thing happening, and I, I watch the, the, the movement of people, but nothing happened, nothing changed. And then our country is going down the tubes like it is, and I'm like, if, if all of this stuff, this is logic, if all this stuff was right, why isn't our country paradise? If there is as many people that believe in God, if ever, why is, number two, there's only one God. If there's only one God, why do we all believe a different thing? Because we don't have a book. The ones that all believe the same have the same book. And then they don't. Titus and Timothy are two young men Paul was encouraging to contend for the faith. Matthew 24, 5, they're deceivers. Matthew 24, 11 will make you cold and indifferent. You start fighting with them and don't use that book, pretty soon you'll learn to shut up. I can't shut up, man. I'm, I'm like Jeremiah. Whoa, whoa, oh man, Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, you deceived me. You deceived me. He said, I'm going to shut up. He said, but a fire was burning in my chest. I couldn't, he couldn't. He just started blurting it out. I don't know about you, but I, I get to a place and sometimes like, mm, I ain't going to ever say nothing ever again. Mm. I told him in Sunday school class, I was going to plant my whole backyard in juniper trees. So I could just, I'd go out in the backyard anywhere, just sit under a juniper tree and just sit there. Mm. And the Lord says, yeah, but you remember telling somebody about, you remember that call you got the other day, 37 years later? I said, yeah, John Keefe. <laughs> he goes, Remember John, when you first met him, I said, yeah, he goes, you know, John may not be, I don't know where John's at spiritually. I really don't. I know he's still in church somewhere. That's a blessing. 37 years later, he's still in church. 
Uh, I told him, I said, brother, if you can get Fritz together, I said, I'll fly out there. Me and you and Fritz will go out and have dinner. I'll pay for it, too. I said, I'll fly. I'll, I'll find me a little cheap airplane ticket, and I'll fly out there, and we'll go eat, eat lunch and just have fellowship. 37 years ago, the Lord says, hey, Mike, guess what happened 36? I said, I don't know. He says, that's right, but I'm not going to show you what happened 36 years ago, but there's something did. And 35, 34, 33, 32, 30. You know what that is? It's a life. And you say, what? It's affecting other people's lives. That's all you can do out there. Jeremiah, you can't shut up because the moment you do, you're going to quit affecting people's lives. But those gainsayers, you got to start. Matthew 7, 15. Take your Bibles, go to Matthew 7, 15 real quick. I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll cut it off right here. I can cut it off. Oh, brother, man, I tell you what. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for somebody to shut him down. Matthew 7, 15. The Bible's a simple thing. Jesus Christ came to seek and save that which was lost. He found me on the back porch. I don't know where he found you, but I know he found you somewhere if you're saved. You know, he's still looking. He's still looking. 15, Matthew 7, 15 says this. It says, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are, uh, they are ravenous wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or fig trees or of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bring forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits, ye shall know them. You know, I learned over the last probably 42 years, if nothing else, and I'm done, is that what you do reveals who you are. And who you run with reveals who you are and what you want in life. Now, there's, there's the old man and the new man. I got that. And the old man's always pulling. I got that. And the new man is trying to pull toward God, and the old man is trying to pull back to the world. I got that. But who you follow and who you consistently follow, we're all going to blow it every now and then. I got it, but we need to get back. He said a, a just man, a righteous man falls seven times, but get back up. You get up, and you keep going. You look at Jesus Christ say, Lord, I need to get up and go again. Why? Because you're not done yet. He's not finished with us. He never is going to be finished with us. Don't worry about revealing uh, their heresies. Oh, you know, I, I, I'm down to the last, I just flipped over to the last page. You say, well, you shouldn't talk about other people's churches. They talk about you. You go into a good Catholic church, they'll talk about you all day long. JWs talk about you all the time. They'll, they'll talk about you left and right. Mormons? Muslims think you're out of your mind. Other Baptists think we're crazy. <laughs> Some of our own kind think we're crazy. But I don't care. I live by the book. You know, you get this thing down. You get this thing down in your heart and your mind. And in that hour, he says in that hour, he'll bring to your mind what you need. You don't have to worry about it. I, didn't, I would have never been able to dictate that conversation between me and that man out there today. I wouldn't even know it was going to happen. But at that particular moment, I read my Bible twice a year. You say, why? Because I read it twice a year. Do you get anything out of it? Probably not a whole lot. I'm a, I'm a, I feel like I'm an idiot sometimes. But I'm going to read it to you. I don't always like to read my Bible. I just read it. You say, why? Because it goes in my head. And I know how I work. If I can just get it in my head, one of these days he can get it out of my mouth. If I can just get it in my head. I don't get up every morning and say, praise God, hallelujah, I'm going to go down and read my Bible. It's the greatest thing in the wide world. Oh, no, I get my coffee first. And then sometimes I actually leave the house without reading my Bible, which is probably wrong. 
Uh, I'd say more likely it is wrong, but I do it anyways because that's just what happens. And I have to come back and get caught up. And, and then I got to, uh, have you ever sit down to go to read your Bible and go, rats, man, I got two days to read. Oh, two days, two days. Why did I read it the other day that I would have two days? I got to read two days. You ever done that? I do it all the time. And I'm the pastor of the church. But you know, I'll sit down and start reading this thing. In a couple minutes, man, I mean, my, my heart started melting. And I start settling down in that seat, and I get calm. And all of a sudden, it just starts flowing. And I'm like, Lord, boy, I should have done He goes, yeah, your old man didn't want to come down here, did I? I said, no. I said, the old man, once I got here, didn't want to stay here. I said, I wish I could kick him out, just me and you could have some fun. But it, he goes, no, sometimes you just got to make yourself do it. You say, why? Because you never know one day you're going to be putting a floor down. I went to a funeral uh, Thursday morning, and I, I didn't, I'm telling you, it was, it was, it was one of the hardest ones I've ever done in my life. I didn't know if the lady was saved or lost. I couldn't put her in heaven. I couldn't put her in hell. I, I didn't want to hurt the family, but I knew the family was, you can look at them, most of them were lost probably. Uh, and so I just got on the gospel the best I could. And, and I mean, it was like preaching to a wall. I mean, that's, it, that's what I felt like. But I just kept right on through it. Just, it was bad. Her name was Eula. And I kept calling her Emma. I mean, when it was all said and done, I'm like, Lord. I, and I had it written on the paper, Eula. I'm looking right at it, Emma. I'm like, what is wrong with me? It was like the door. It was you talking about a hard sermon for me to preach that day. I apologized to everybody and I said, I'm sorry, and they laughed about it. I said, Eula, Eula don't care. She's not here anymore. She's caring about some other things. You can never tell if somebody's saved or if they're lost. You can't tell that. I don't know if Eula is in heaven or not, but it was hard. That that night I had a Bible study. A guy came in here on a motorcycle, and, and I'm in, I'm in Romans chapter one. I get to verse 20, and you get over there, the wrath of God. I mean, how in the world could you possibly say the wrath of God any other way than the wrath of God? And if you're not into the Bible, then you don't understand God's wrath and, and how he hates sin and what he's going to do in the end of this thing. Uh, all you got to do is go to Revelation 21, verse couple chapters. He blows the whole thing away, wipes it all out, and redoes it. So really, there's not going to be anything left that you have here anyways. So if you go out there on a tree and put Billy loves, you know, uh, Annie or whatever, uh, that tree's going to get burned up. It ain't going to be here, so you'll never see that ever again. But I'm just telling you that the wrath of God, the guy gets up and walks out. I'm like, oh, man, Lord, this has been this two out of two. And then I, I go up to John's and lay a floor, and here comes another guy. And then one of the young men in the church last week had an issue where he had to, to break fellowship with somebody because of some stuff that went on. And, and then my mom calls, and, and she still doesn't know if she's saved or lost. And then, then my daughter said, hey, this other little girl's coming, and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, Lord, I'm sick of this stuff, man. I'm just sick of people. And the Lord says, yeah, but that's what the world is. They're people. One, right after the other, 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 right after the other. And what you can't do is quit. And you, I give you verses to calm you down. After the first or second admonition, reject them as heretics. If they don't want it, don't worry about it. Jeremiah went his whole life. Come out from among them, be separate. He said, I gave you a family. I gave you a church, man. Go, Be part of this. Just be part of this right here and grow through this thing and watch other people. The young man, Isaiah back there, I, I, he did one of the phenomenal. I told him back there a little while ago, phenomenal. I had nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with it. He did it all, it was all on his own. You know what that told me? Here's a young man who can still make the right decision when he's nowhere around. I don't have to be there. That's, that's what I'm looking for. 
I'm looking for some men. He says, having done all to stand, stand. Well, the only way you can stand is know what you're standing for. That's it. If you know you're standing for Jesus Christ, and you get this stuff in your heart, and you get this stuff in your heart, and you get this stuff in your heart, he'll put somebody around you that may be a gainsayer, and you can shut them up. Because there may be somebody else listening to them. John and Mike were listening. They were both lost. I think they got saved. But, but there could be other people. The little girl across the street was listening. And she comes across the street. She thinks we're going to kill each other. But it could be more than just that. There's other people around there that was listening to that conversation. And here's a guy that lives in that community. And here's another guy that was able to shut him down. You say, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit. You've got to let him move. You know what that is? He's looking for some Timothys and Tituses to stop the gainsayers, stop them in their tracks, and put out the gospel. Because the gospel is so much better. They sang them songs earlier. And I'm sitting back here, man. I've got tears coming. I don't know about you, but I get, I'm not supposed to be a softy. But I get to tears in my eyes. If the earth was to crumble, if the oceans went dry, if all this stuff, can y'all come up here and sing that again? If, if all that would happen, you could still say, amen, Lord. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Even come, come, come. I mean, it's, I could stand there. And that's when I started thinking about Peter. I started thinking about Peter stepping off that boat, man. I said, Lord, if, boy, if you ever gave me that opportunity today, I tell you, I would jump off that boat. I would jump off. I might sink. I might sink like Peter, but I'd jump off that boat. I said, if you gave me the opportunity, he's just not going to give me the opportunity. You know what he gives me the opportunity? Is to open this thing right here at a moment sometimes when somebody else needs to hear it. You sound like your mom. <laughs> Where are they at? Where are they at? Oh, there you are. Y'all in the front row. I told y'all if y'all would get right, you already should have been up here. How many times have I told y'all that if you don't come up here, I won't shut up? How many times? They all heard it. <laughs> 